gloves are off. The gloves are off. And freedom of... Welcome back to the show, everyone. You can probably hear me now. Sorry about that. Said we are running a few minutes late. Um, someone decided to finally wake up. It was my fault. Good morning, sleepyhead. Good morning. And uh, we're about to go uh, live with a discussion. I'm going to kick it over to DLD After Dark, but before we do that, this is Dark Mavis who's going to be running the show tonight. And we have Flying Rich is also... In the house Ooh. after a very successful topic last week, he is back as a co-host. Next week is my topic, which will be episode number 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, and hey our episode of the year. Because you said Christmas, last of the year? Yeah, we got Christmas, and then I'll be in Delaware. And then okay. so wow, that is the final episode of the year. Delaware. Yeah, so I'm going to kick it over to DLD After Dark himself, Dark Mavis. Go ahead and tell us what we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, so um, on my channel, um, uh, so I'm Dark with DLD After Dark. Those that uh, don't know, I have a channel on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram, Twitter, you know, everything else, DLD After Dark. Uh, and one of the things that we discuss is uh, self-defense encounters. Now, in the past... Uh, when these kinds of things come up, usually uh, what we do is we take the situation, either a person that was involved in a self-defense encounter or someone that knows of a self-defense encounter, someone who survived a self-defense encounter, and then they tell the story. We sometimes, you know, show pictures and things like that. Well, uh, last week I, I alluded to uh, somebody uh, locally uh, to me that uh, had sur survived a self-defense encounter unarmed. It was really by the, the grace of God uh, that he did. But uh, so I figured what would be a better opportunity to discuss, you know, a particular self-defense encounter, somebody who survived a, a self-defense encounter unarmed and uh, bring, bring that situation up a few other uh, self-defense encounters, discuss them and and use them as a reminder constantly to make sure that we keep our tools on us, to make sure that we're using, you know, some of the uh, the other tools that we have, like, you know, our situational awareness, um, you know, medical, uh, uh, medical kit or anything like that, uh, just to either avoid situations like this, survive situations like this, or take charge of situations like this. That, that's it so uh before we uh we start i uh i pulled up the pictures of uh the recent incident and uh and we'll we'll go over the pictures and i'll also uh you know kind of tell the story the backstory of what happened as well uh, i'm just kind of downloading the uh, 
the pictures right now. So while we do that, uh, for the people that are on audio only, we'll also describe the pictures and uh, tell the story of, of what occurred. But because of the topic and because of the constant reminder uh, of us making sure that we have our tools on us, I think that right now is a better time than any to perform a strap check. Pocket-sized AR-15 count? Mm, I don't know. It took a while for you to get it. Oh. I wanted to change it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Raise the pocket-sized AR-15 to uh, Stormtrooper Rog. So, so Crump busted out the most passive means of... Uh, self-defense and and this is that there there is a meaning for this and this is why i had it right here sitting next to me because i knew you were going to do self-defense check and one of the things we don't talk about a lot is body armor yep that is true uh and it could be uh one of the things that we discussed tonight as well um because i think honestly um a lot of times we overlook armor. Armor should always be something that's uh, that's in you know at least an option in uh, in your kit. Whether it's something that you throw in the car, throw in the trunk, throw in uh, you know whatever uh, your closet. Um, I think that all of us need to uh, you know make sure that we have armor accessible to us as well. But uh, be before we uh, go ahead and jump into this, while I pull up these pictures, um, um, each you want to go ahead and just do a quick little introduction of uh, of yourself and uh, just mention kind of you know what you typically carry on a daily EDC basis, and then we'll jump into this while I get these pictures. Right, I go. I usually carry a Glock forty three X, but if I don't carry a Glock forty three X, it's a Glock nineteen. Okay. And so, Rich with this woman's gun. With my womanly with your 10 plus one Sig P365 and a 12 round additional mag in my right pocket. Yeah, I also carry additional mags, um, including like just because when perps need more. When when perps need mo, like my Glock 43X is 15 round shell arms. Um, with my uh, 19, it's just an extra 15 round clip. I also. And, and you guys didn't call me on that, did you? I was waiting for you to finish first. <laughs> okay. I, I did that just to of a troll, but... You trolling us? Yeah, 15-round magazine. Also, I carry a, a fixed blade knife. And uh, just for whatever reason, um, self-defense yeah. to opening up people. And then I carry, like, uh, some type of folding knife or OTF knife for... Um, just to open packages of stuff. Or recently, I've been carrying the little uh, tech knives, a box opener, the Fat Boy, whatever they call it. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, then I carry a flashlight as well. My flipper zero. Did you never know, dude? You could hear that goon beam. So, so as for people that are listening, as John was saying the things that he carried, as he said, he carries. A knife i pulled out uh, the knife that i carry as he said he carried a second knife i pulled out the second knife that i carry and as he said flashlight <laughs> i pulled out the flashlight that i carry and you could literally hear the goon beam hang on 
Did y'all hear that? Yeah, you're gonna get some seizures by watching the light. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, if you have uh, what's what's that thing called? Um, epilepsy. Yeah, if you have epilepsy, uh, well, I've already murdered you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not funny. I also carry uh, the spicy sauce uh, if I want to make a good taco, or if uh, I want to use something you know for uh, less than lethal. Uh, also, if there's like a small group of uh, teenagers uh, that are super hip that are making fun of my dad jokes from a good, you know, 20 to 40 yards away, I could just kind of angle it down in a in a highly populated area and just, you know, give them a quick little burst. You like know. carry a flashbang. That's a great idea. I should. My flashbangs aren't legal. They exceed the five gram uh I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't, I don't carry flash rings. No one does. We never break laws. Um, and look at this black diamond guns and gears out there. Zanti. Um, we got um um Overtest, on, which was, yeah. Crack up survival. <laughs> oh Gorkas. That is Damien, that's right. Damien Price. Storm snoring rich. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a we got a pretty good crowd going on out yeah. there tonight. Beautiful, and, you know, and and a medium Josh, medium Josh. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's just um, jump into it, man. Just like let's, yeah. let's kick it off. So, lastly, uh, uh, before we jump into it, so I carry a generally a uh, Glock forty three X, and I usually carry that in either the JM four tactical holster or oh, I think it, oh yeah, here it is. North Coast Tuck yep. or the North Coast Tactical Tuck holster, which are my two favorite holsters. Yeah, I, but, I use both too. Yeah. When I'm at home though, in, in in the Jamie Jams, you know what I mean? In the in the sweats or the athletic gear, uh, or what do they call athleisure gear? Um, I will uh, uh usually rock the JM4 tactical. Yeah, if I'm in sweats, I uh, JM4 Tactical, and I actually I change it up. I have another gun in the JM4 Tactical. I got an LCP. I'm sorry, no LCP Max. I was going to say LCP two. I got the LCP Max. So yeah, ten plus one. Nice. Uh, and then also similarly, like uh, Crumpy had said, um, extra mag uh, knife. Usually a secondary knife. It depends on what I'm carrying. Uh, if I'm rocking, like, say, for example, the Microtech, um, this is just a lot of knife, but I don't want to use this to cut everything, so I'll rock a secondary knife. And then, of course, the flashlight, the goon beam, uh, and um, uh, the, the hot sauce. Anyway, so moving into this. So uh, when I brought this up it, it on my last live stream, um, I let you guys know that uh, um, one of my friend's sons had been shot. Now, I haven't edited these pictures. I, I will not be giving their name or information. People that are super creepy on the internet could probably, you know, zoom in on the x-rays and all that stuff. But look, if you want to be weird and creepy, you can do that. But I'm just, you know, sharing a story of uh, a friend of mine. Um, now, if you remember correctly, last, I think, I think a week ago, almost exactly, when this happened, um, I had gotten a call and I was told that uh, my friend's son had been shot. And um, I 
I was on stream when this had occurred, and I know he doesn't carry a gun, right? I know that his dad doesn't carry a gun, and they're just, uh, you know, um, normies. That, yeah, they're just normies. It's not their thing, right? And uh, you know that that's where people like us, generally speaking, um, a lot of times people like us will be willing to step in to save someone's life, right? Willing to step in to uh, to you know to save potentially innocent uh, innocent life. And it doesn't mean that you need to or have to or anything like that. But in this case, um, the only thing that saved him was luck. No one stepped in. No one had a medical kit. No one had a gun. Um, now, we're going to discuss a few stories. But um, in this particular story, when I was on the stream, I muted out for a second. After I took the call, I came back on and I had said that uh, my friend's son, who was uh, 16, had been shot. Um, it was not that son. It was his 21-year-old son that was shot. And um, I'll kind of tell the story, and then we'll bring up pictures as we uh, as we do this. So, uh, and there's three other stories that that I'll bring up too, and then we'll have conversations through the uh, through the stream. So, uh, in this situation, and um, there's another that. Oh man, I don't even want to discuss that. There's another one that, that occurred recently that uh um I just kind of want to give uh a shout out to somebody that passed recently too. Um is that for me? Oh, oh yeah, I'm like sorry, I saw the uh private chat. Okay, backing out of that. Okay, so uh recently my friends uh well, I'm gonna pull this up one second. Okay, so recently my uh, friend's 21-year-old son was um, involved in a little bit of a uh, of a tussle at a um, at a popular casino slash bar slash um, racetrack slash um, Martinsburg, West Virginia. Oh, look at that! Um, Hollywood yeah. Casino. Yeah, and. Um, he actually took on like five guys literally at once. This is not a small kid, right? But um, they were basically trying to jump him. So um, he uh, he used a jail yard tactic and uh, he took down the biggest one, one punch. And this dude was huge, rock solid. And um, ended up beating the dog shit out of this, out of this kid. Um, so what happened was the um the 21 year old kid which is my friend's son um got jumped by these guys that he had a disagreement with there was other previous beef but uh they get into a fight and he basically said to the five guys bring it and uh they brought it so he went to the biggest one he punched him caught him right in the jaw and uh knocked him out and then he started swinging on the other guys well, obviously, no matter how great of a fighter you are, no matter how awesome you are, five on one and then four on one, they're going to get you, right? So they ended up getting, and they literally, like, 1940s Newsies style, held him behind his arms and just bodied him. I mean, they... Oh, they, no. Yeah, they got him, like, really, really bad. You know those old movies where, like, those dudes are selling newspapers and they like <laughs> yeah see and they hold them back and stuff anyway so um 
they beat him up really bad. Well, in this incident, um, they ended up getting uh, kicked out by uh, by security, and uh, the the crowds started kind of tussling and, and running. Apparently, somehow through this, the guy that the, my my friend's son that they were beating up ends up bumping into this beautiful young girl. They end up becoming friends. They end up um, becoming intimate, and they end up actually in a very short period of time. Um, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend guess who that beautiful young woman was that big guy that he punched and knocked out and like bodied in one second flat that was his girlfriend <laughs> so basically it's like this this guy is, you know gets a tooth knocked out he gets knocked out on the ground he is literally asleep while all of his friends are fighting this guy then this guy steals his girl no, no, that would have been <laughs> too perfect. Um, that was a good one, though. So anyway, we're talking like over the course of a couple months, right? So this guy hears that, um, you know, he stole his chick. Um, but they they broke up or whatever. She ended up messing with him. And um, the guy like tracked him down and found him back at the at the um, uh, at the Charlestown races and slots, Hollywood casino, and um, followed him back to his house, shot him, pulled a nine millimeter, and with a full metal jacket, one singular full metal jacket, shot him. And this is a straight up JFK incident. It put five holes in him. Okay. Now I'm going to pull the pictures in a second and show you guys. The reason that we use jacketed hollow points. Um, first fella he saw hit him in the jaw. <laughs> oh man, that's a great song. So, um, the reason that we use jacketed hollow points is because they basically have brakes on them, right? Like when you fire a nine millimeter jacketed hollow point, um, the moment that it hits a liquid medium like flesh, it opens up and uh it hits the brakes right the pedals open up it it pulls back and then it slams on the brakes well when it slams on the brakes when it's inside a liquid medium like flesh it starts to transfer all that energy so traditionally it, with an fmj when it burns through something it just pokes a hole through it and then maybe if you're lucky half an hour later three days later whenever they uh they may die of blood loss or infection or something but um the full metal jacket is going to whiz through it's going to do a lot of unpredictable shit the jacketed hollow point it's more likely to stop transferring the energy inside of the target well uh this young man when he got uh, a gun pulled on him he put up his hand like this and it first entered um the guy shot right away and when he realized that it hit him it looked like probably that he hit him in the head because he went like this and boom it went off and the guy ran not not a follow-up shot he didn't walk up to his body and bang 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 i think he thought he killed him in in one shot right you basically saying he was a bitch big old bitch ah, and this good guy. that he was mm-hmm the funny thing is, think about this. You pick a fight with a dude 
you roll up with your whole squad and you get knocked the fuck out by a little 21 year old boy and, and then they're like you know six uh you know five or six sets of feet dancing over your ass fighting while you're night night you know asleep and then dude steals your chick doesn't even know he's stealing your chick he didn't do it to be vindictive or anything like that but then the dude starts fucking your girlfriend okay but what i've learned is a lot of people that uh that aren't physically strong morally strong psychologically strong they're the ones that break first and they're the ones that you know they don't have the strength to fight any with any other means so they grab a gun first now i'm not talking about people like us where we draw a handgun in defense of innocent life or in defense of our family or ourselves these are the aggravators right these are the guys that typically we would shoot yes um so i'll tell the story first and i'll pull up the pictures here he held up his hand when the dude tracked him down and drew a handgun and it was actually kind of uh, lucky that he got shot where he got shot um geographically speaking because they were able to get him into a hospital super quick um but when he fired he fired at like about neck like range and he held up his hand like this and the nine millimeter full metal jacket entered directly below his thumb uh, on his palm side it exited out the back and it just looked like a like a wet piece of barbecue chicken like it, it was bad okay and it exited through the back of his hand it went in it deflected went into his shoulder then it went through his shoulder blade into his um chest area it exited through through his, the front of his chest bounced off of his collarbone and re-entered back into his body into his chest near his esophagus and went through his esophagus and then planted itself in his lungs a quarter inch like 0.25 inches from his spine right so as i pull this up here wow so that's one whole entry in the palm exit behind the hand entry in the shoulder exit in the chest and then back into the um did you bring it up the chest i'm pulling it up right now okay about to say i can see it what where it said wow like uh, he saw it all right so here is the first one here Ooh. okay so if you look closely or if you even desire to look closely here I think if I go full screen, this will uh, this will help. Originally, when I heard the whole story of like it went here and then here and then here, I was like, man, that sounds like some made up bullshit, you know. Um, but obviously, you know, this kind of tells the story. So, did it get a bone in his hand, or how's how's yes. his hand functionality? Yeah. So he actually was talking and lucid and okay within you know a couple hours of the event with a bullet puncturing his esophagus with you know it hurting him badly right um he does have some pretty serious damage in his hand and uh, nerve damage in his hand um but honestly that's where 
the brunt of the bad shit happened. And uh, if he did not put his hand up, he uh, it, it would have been bad, you know. Um, and it was also you'll see in the uh, x-rays here shortly it was also very close to his heart. Um, you'll see that there's gauze packed in the wound. Um, but the uh, I don't know how much I can zoom here. Let me see. Okay, so you see where the gauze is packed on the left side under the thumb. That's you can't really see exactly where it's packed, but that is the entrance. And then the gauze packed into the right side of the wound is the exit. Okay, so it basically went Oof. into the palm side and then exited the um, uh, the barbecue chicken side there. And looks like there's staples or stitches on top there. Uh, part of that where that white is right there is bone. Um, kind of if you see that little shiny white part right there you see that i don't know if you can see my cursor no maybe maybe not um yeah so that's that so that's the first entry okay then the second one sorry i'm pulling it back up And this one. Thank you. Hmm. All right. Okay, here we are. Okay, so this one here is the uh, third hole in them, uh, which is the shoulder entrance. So one in the palm exit in the back of the hand and then this is the re-entry into the body which is in the shoulder and uh this did a considerable amount of damage too because we're talking about you know puncturing the shoulder blade you know blowing through your now granted this is not ejaculated hollow point that is creating massive amounts of tissue damage this is basically like if you think of taking an ice pick and just like like a sewing machine going right, pulling it in and removing it. Um, kind of, kind of not because any, any projectile like this, it's burning hot, right? You could drop it into a shot glass of water and it would boil for a second. You know, like this is excruciating pain. Um, but it is way less damage than something like a, a jacketed hollow point. So, here where it entered his uh, left shoulder it um he did survive he actually is alive and talking and totally fine right now uh he was just discharged from the hospital uh i only there's only one thing i don't have clarity on which i'll bring that up in a moment so this is where it re-entered into the body it then went you can see where the swelling is around the um the bullet hole at like the 11 o'clock area uh, on, on top of it right here. And then it traveled along where you see that little uh, blue tag right there. Um, and then you see this gauzed area. That gauzed area is 
covering up another exit and entry. Okay, so I'll pull this up. So we'll remove that one. And then let me pull this one up. Okay, now this is the, where is it? Could you pull that up for me, John? Johnny boy. Okay, here we are. Okay, so this is the um, next exit and entry. So if you see where she's, uh, looks like cleaning that area, that was an exit where it basically was coming out of the body but had ricocheted um, off the collarbone. Now, here's the crazy thing. Uh, and I say this is like a JFK bullet, right? Because it just was bouncing around and, and doing crazy things. But FMJs do really crazy things. And there have been situations in the past where when when a projectile leaves a body, it kind of rides the body out and then it can re-enter the body too. Um, for an example, uh, there was a guy that was um, in a uh, at a shooting range. He had holstered a 1911 that he had previously not done a lot of. He had not had a lot of time behind. And he holstered it with his finger in the trigger guard. And then it um, went off. It went into his hip, exited, and then went around and back into his leg, traveling down the bone, exiting the sole of his foot kind of like a, a cyclone like it, they do crazy things like that um this is where it exited out uh, up at his um collarbone area it rode his chest back into him and just because of the way you know the human body is shaped um it entered back into his throat area and it um it missed his heart um it i mean it's just crazy the fact that like God's hand was definitely involved in this situation because the likelihood of, of this hitting so many other important things, he was lucky, but on re-entry, it did um, hit his esophagus, um, which he seems to be okay. He was talking within a half an hour of being at the hospital. Mm. Um so, and he was saying like, I'm good, dad, I'm going to make it through this. I'm okay. You know? Um, so, uh, this is where it, uh, exited and then re-entered into his body. Okay. Now pull that and then I'll pull next one back up. Give me just one second. Okay, now this is the uh, the x-ray, okay? If you look at that projectile, it is literally a quarter inch from um, his spine, uh, his heart. I mean, it, that that shadowy area right there is his heart, right? Wow. 
uh, and then it's about a quarter inch away from his uh, from his spine as well. Um, it was embedded in his uh, in his lungs. Now, what I don't know is if they had gone in or if they're going to go back in and remove the projectile. Wow. Because if he is just... Yeah, sometimes they just let the, the let them stay in there. Um, but yeah. it's, sometimes it's more dangerous to actually remove them yeah. than to take them out. Yep. Yep. And... Uh, pull this one Did up. he get a magnet like Iron Man? No. Hold on, I'm pulling this last one up. To keep the fragments from entering his heart. No, they they would need an arc reactor, and that's a little bit too expensive. Yeah, it's a little outside of the budget. So this is him. Um, this was a picture sent to his dad from the hospital of him giving him a thumbs up that he's okay. Um, and he's right-handed. The reason that he used his left hand is because his right hand was turned into barbecue chicken. Um, the the phone call that my friend got was your son has been involved in an incident he has been um, taken to the hospital and he was airlifted and moved to another hospital Whoa. so I guess they took him from whatever that hospital is in West Virginia and moved him to Fairfax I, I don't know why okay. I guess it's 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 uh martinsburg i think is the closest trauma center up there i was going to say they probably moved to move him to a trauma center stabilize him and got him yeah well trauma. yeah uh, well mark well what if it uh, i know i know the trauma center at fairfax is yeah. like top notch yeah martinsburg is i mean they have a it's not like a fairfax uh trauma center fairfax is one of the top trauma centers in the country yeah um Actually, in, in the D.C. era, we have, like, uh, uh, George Washington of another good trauma center in Fairfax of another good trauma center. Yeah. But a um, couple things. When I look at any situation like this, whether it's been people that had come on the podcast in the past and we talk about events that they've survived. Um, I've talked about my own self-defense encounter that, that I survived uh, because I had a handgun uh, and a few others too. Um, I look at every situation and I say, what lessons can we learn from this, right? First off, one of the, it may not be your rule number one, but what is one of the first few rules? Always carry a gun. It when I would say when lawful, however, uh, there may be some situations where an individual chooses to make the decision to carry a firearm when it even may not be lawful, but the that personal decision that an individual makes, uh, that they could never hold a, a you know, YouTuber or uh, an internet personality responsible for. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying to do this. I'm saying some people make this decision where getting caught with one is worse potentially than getting caught without one. Okay. So those individuals, y'all out there, you need to make your own, um, you know, decisions on that. But one of the first few rules that you should have when it comes to this is 
carry your tools on you at all times, even at your home. I've seen way too many videos of dudes sitting in the living room with their family watching a movie when they got a gun safe upstairs and dudes kick in the door and they get to do whatever they want to you and your family because you want to be comfy on the couch. There was a video a while ago where um, there was a guy trying to break down the door and the guy goes, he goes, he goes, looks to the people uh, and uh, he see, I wish I could find out where I should have. I think it's like two guys. I yeah, it's two guys. He looks to the people and sees them coming out. They had guns. Mm-hmm. He goes in and gets his AR and just freaking just just starts blasting and waits. And once they got that through the door, it was like pop, 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 pop. Yeah, he did wait until they were absolutely breaking down the door. And both of them had what? They both had guns. Both had guns. They were um pretending to be maintenance workers they had like a clipboard and they were knocking on the door they were saying maintenance maintenance and they were both armed pulled out their handguns and started donkey kicking which is when you turn around towards a door and you start kicking it reverse with your heel which is a very effective way to open doors by the way um almost any dead bolted door will open with three donkey kicks hand to god um, unless you upgrade them to like, uh, you know, nine inch deck screws and no deck jokes, guys. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> uh, no, not nine inch, six inch, nine, whatever the upgraded deck screws. Um, you know, it, there's other things you can do too. But anyway, um, I look at situations like this and I'm like, okay, what lessons can we, can we learn through this? One, he didn't have his tools on him. Um, two, Follow the rule of, I know a lot of people don't like him, but John Korea, right? With um, um, ASP, the active self-protection, he has a lot of good thoughts on things like this, regardless if you guys like it or not. I, I'll I'll get valuable information from anyone and anywhere at any time. Don't go stupid places at stupid times doing stupid things. If you go to the club on the late night if you go to the bar if you go to you know charlestown races and slots and hollywood casino and all that stuff and you're getting drunk and you're interacting with you know these dirt bags the likelihood of you being involved in a situation goes up you know extensively i don't even know how to how to phrase that um Cranked out survival story in my life. Uh, if it was a fast hit, he wouldn't have responded. And since he was hit so badly, probably couldn't respond. Knowing and awareness of surrounding helps greatly. Wonder why he didn't see or avoid. Yeah, um, from what I've been told, um, he wasn't alone. He was getting out of the car and the dude was basically like lying in wait for him. And when he rolled up on him, it was like two seconds flat basically like what's up now bitch and he's like what up and the only thing he could do is put his hand up um so it was just a really really fast situation i don't have all the details i have some of the details from some of the family then at this point it's like a, a you know a game of telephone you know can we get dust to give commentary on what he should have done 
that would be a great idea. You should send in a uh, two hundred and fifty dollar uh, cameo request. Yeah, cameo request. No, no, no. It was only fifty. Oh, that's right. He only charges fifty bucks. Um, so carry your tools on you always, all the time, even even at home, on your person, all the time, because there may be an instance where somebody gets into your door like that and if you have to think about this okay i'm gonna pull this uh picture down um think about this let's say and and there's a few other stories i want to bring up here too i think it's important (laughs) dark simping hard for the guys super dookie hey man those things are money um i got my paint markers ready to go yeah I wonder who's going to win the beautiful rifle contest. Um, get, oh, to get response. He had a lucky charm for sure. Um, so it, it was uh, it was pretty fast. But from what I've been told, he wasn't leaking a whole lot. It, it didn't hit any That's major wild. arteries. That's it didn't, crazy. He was bleeding, right? But it, it was, I mean, even in the trauma unit, you can see that there's not like blood all over him, you know. I just think that uh, he just got lucky as shit, you know. A lot of tissue damage. I mean, think getting shot. Usually, it's you know, boom, ow, entry, exit, right? If you're lucky, there's an exit. This is boom, ow, entry, exit, entry, exit, entry, exit. <laughs> that must have been the worst feeling. I I, I could not even imagine. This dude is tough as nails, man. Um, but yeah, keep your tools on you at all times, no matter what. Even when you are at your home, I think that's when you need it the most because that's when you are most likely to um, become a victim to more dangerous people. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you walk past uh, just you know a street with people on it, it's highly likely that those people are not going to, uh, you know, try to harm you and your family if a person or people are coming into your home what is the likelihood that those people are going to harm you and your family way higher than any other and if you were sitting in the living room family room whatever you want to call it with your family and you guys are are watching you know um, a movie and a dude kicks down the door and there's three or four more dudes behind behind them and they're all at least armed with hand weapons, if not firearms or whatever. In that split second, when you hear the first like snap of the door frame, you may have a second or two to run from that spot to your gun safe to get your gun. Okay. But think about this. Would you take that moment to abandon your family, to leave your family potentially with multiple crazed madmen with guns and or weapons so you can maybe get a chance of saving their life that that moment when i realized like holy shit i may have to abandon my family right and run away to arm myself to come back to probably the worst situation i could have ever imagined in my life you know my family being in front of me dead while I'm alive and safe because I ran away to go get a gun, right? I would not be able to live with myself. So I would much rather stay armed 
keep my gun on me. Everyone's like, well, I have quick access to a gun. I, I always have a gun two seconds away. You know what? It, what if you have to duck and run, right? It, it, you need to keep it on your person. That's all I'm saying. If other people choose not to, if you have a, a good system for that, you know, then God bless you. And I encourage you to do whatever system works. The likelihood of you getting a group of five dudes kicking down your door and walking in with guns is unlikely but it is a possibility. And when we're dealing with EDC and carry, you know, the the idea of carrying a gun, you're dealing with like slim, like microscopic percentages already. So why not deal in even more slim uh, microscopic percentages even further, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, let me know if you guys have a different paradigm on this, but I carry on body when I'm breathing, you yeah. know, basically. I, actually, the, so I don't sleep with a gun on me, but my carry gun is on my nightstand and I have another uh, magnetically mounted behind the nightstand. Mm -hmm. So they're one of the things, so a couple of, there are, Let's see. Three firearms in the house that are always in the same location. Ready to go. There's the one on my body, or if it's not on my body when I'm sleeping, it's on the nightstand. And if, yeah. if I quick flip it off the nightstand, I just reach behind and grab the other one. Yeah. And, and with that, you can also grab your carry gun. And then if you need to walk away and go towards a potential threat or maybe stop someone from getting inside your home, you can tell your wife to grab the 45, mm -hmm. the one that's magnetically mounted. That is the 45, right? Yeah, I, I have a 45 magnetically mounted behind my nightstand. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I'm not going to say where they're mounted at or where they are, but I do have a, a VP9. That's my bedroom gun along with a suppressed um I, well i had a suppressed cz scorpion um sbr but now i'm running a suppressed ar-15 sbr now that vp9 is the one that's signed by keanu reeves right yes nice all the guns got stolen it's just sad that's crazy i hope everyone finds them except that one just kidding um no i think it's important right like I'll always have the gun on my body if something terrible happens at my home when I'm there with or without my family, whatever it may be, right? I'll always have the one on my body. And then, of course, you you can stage other guns in other places. Another thing that I think is a great idea is the stop box. These are really cool, innovative. This is not a commercial. I don't get anything from these guys. Um but this is a cool, innovative way to stage guns. If you have like uh, younger kids around and uh, and things like that, you can stage a gun around your house, put it in the stop box. It is it it's at least my daughter proof. Okay, which mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm happy with that because my daughter could not get in here, and I had a, a gun in there. Um, it, there wasn't around in the chamber for all those weirdos that uh, saw it on Instagram, like. You just let her try to get in there with a gun. It, it, it wasn't loaded, but there was a gun in there. Um, 
you could use tools like that to stage guns around your home to where it doesn't leave them open to anyone. You could also take the time to educate your family, your children, and other people on the responsibility of firearm ownership and, you know, other things too. Uh, so they understand to either not grab a gun or when the situation calls for them to grab a gun, even at a very young age. Did you guys see that 11 year old? And uh, I think it was like somewhere in Arkansas that. Uh, so I grabbed the AR-15 and I shot him. It was a full metal jacket and I, I shot him and he started crying like a little baby. <laughs> yeah, there was a case a few years ago where there was a. It was a 13-year-old and his 8-year-old sister home alone. Mm, and yeah. they're and this is out in Vegas. And their and their neighbor that just their neighbor's son that just got out of prison for child molestation broke into their house and apparently he was looking for them. The kid, the 13-year-old grabbed his dad's AK. And when he was walking up to the closet where he was, uh, and he, him and his sister was in, he pop, pop, pop. Was that the Boy Scout? Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy situation. Yeah, there, just blast them with the AK. There was another, um, another situation where a kid that was like 13 or so, maybe 15 years old, uh, where there were three armed um, intruders. And he dispatched at least two of them with an AR-15. And he was a young boy, you know. Uh, I think that, you know, there's so many narratives out there. John, you don't have any family stories like this, do you? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're talking about my mom? (laughs) Not your mom's box. uh, I I can bring up the video, I guess. Oh, that that video is priceless. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll run the video. On just give me a second. Maybe maybe foreshadow a bit, kind of explain what happened. And then... uh, my mom was home alone, and uh, somebody was trying to do a home invasion before uh, they were popular. Before they were popular, um, I was around, I guess, uh, a little bit under a year old, and it was my mom hmm. and my. Uh, in my, in my four sisters there. So, John, do you have any recollection of that? I was under four years old. I mean, I was under one year I, old. And, but no, I, I'm I just going to say sometimes a traumatic event leaves a memory. But Well, it, I don't think it was even registered as a traumatic event, to tell you the truth. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, you, know, you were probably just, sitting in a playpen somewhere or your crib. or It wasn't even traumatic to my mom. Yeah. So, therefore, I don't think it would be traumatic to me. That also is a really good indicator of like, uh, well, here, you can go ahead and play this first. We'll we'll get back to it. Uh, I'll let my mom tell the story. When I'm here with my mom. Can you guys hear it? Mom, when we were little, my sisters and I were very, very little, and someone tried to do a home invasion. What happened? Well, I saw him at the back door, and I saw him fooling with the knob on the door, and I knew he was going to try his best to get in. And with them being so little, I had to protect them. So I went out the front door with my Saturday night special, and I went back in the back, and I surprised him. I shot him. 
And then he ran and I shot him again. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, my mom is not one to really mess with. I mean, I wouldn't mess with her. Yeah, yeah, that's a safe move. Um, now she's probably referring to like a, like a thirty-eight, you know, five shot revolver. Yeah, it was a thirty-eight special. So the most thirty-eight special. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, the wet bandits showed up. <laughs> Mama grabs a gun and runs it. Imagine that being a a, a bad guy trying to you know jam a screwdriver into the door frame and you know all of a sudden. Uh, a woman in a nightgown walks up beside you like hey pow and you're like oh shit and then you start to run pow again now i would guess that uh law enforcement around that time th this was in virginia yeah it was in fairfax uh like 77 ish yeah very different times um nowadays if you discharge a firearm they're they're going to be doing some digging and they're going to be like you shot him while he was running away twice in the back yeah but like back then it was like oh, oh he multiple was... times in the back it wasn't exactly twice it was a little bit more than that but uh yeah. I, I digress that's not important it doesn't matter how many times but uh, like back then they would literally be like oh but but he was a dirtbag though he was a bad guy so it's okay nowadays it's like but this guy was just hungry and cold and you shot him in the back when he was running he clearly wasn't a threat like well he, well, he was cold after that but he wasn't hungry anymore <laughs> he wasn't cold for very long <laughs> he had a lot of iron in his he uh, won the room temperature challenge did did he die yes good i mean good to end that story thank you and then my mom just went to bed <laughs> so it, this proves it she was colder than the bad guy um, they're like do you need any counseling my mom's like why <laughs> what <laughs> why <laughs> she can't understand what are you talking about so wait john can you, can you just let everybody know that your mom was the first navy, navy seal yeah, yeah, she graduated Bud's class 001. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she 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 doesn't take shit from anyone. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, not to take it away from the uh, the lighter side of things, but uh, you know, um, the seriousness of this, just so you guys understand, um. A lot of times, have you guys ever talked to friends and they're like, yeah, you know, I just took my gun out because whatever in the car. I took my gun out because, you know, it wasn't comfortable or this holster pokes me or whatever. Um, I had another guest on my show on DLD After Dark on YouTube. And uh, the reason that we're having this conversation and showing those graphic pictures earlier here is because YouTube would absolutely have removed the show or, you know, canceled us gave us a strike whatever right a lot of times Forget about being live just any anytime you post something like that so yeah well i uh, i had a guest on my show and uh he carried a gun as well uh, he carried a gen 2 glock 22 40 cal and when he was in his car it was in the glove box when he got out of his car it went into his waistband he would just literally carry it in his waistband 
and uh, like Mexicari. That's Sorry. some dumbass shit there. Yeah, you know, um, I will say that I carried a Glock with a clip draw, which is basically the same thing, but I carried it with an instructor belt that I, I could go play a game of basketball and, you know, run around, hop fences, and never had an issue with it because your jeans become the, uh, <laughs> you know, the covering of the holster guard there, but or the trigger guard there, like the holster. But either way, whether that was or was not wise in the past, I uh, I had changed my ways. Um, so anyway, um, this guy, and I agree it's not wise, but it was the situation. So he um, he was driving home. He had, he had actually not not to his home. He had just gotten off work, and he was driving back to his. Um, was it his girlfriend or wife? Yeah. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Uh, to his girlfriend's house. And he had taken his um, handgun out of his waistband when he got in the car. And then he put it into his glove box, which he normally does. Now, he was going to his girlfriend's house to just get her, right? Car was running. He got out of his car. And he was going to go up to his uh, his girlfriend's house to to get her, tell her to hurry up and get ready, whatever. So the car was still running down there, but in a split second, he was like, I'm just running upstairs. I'll still bring my gun. So he reached over to the glove box, grabbed his gun, put it in his waistband and and ran upstairs. Now, before we get into this, that was literally the best decision he ever made in his entire life, because the next two minutes of the story, you're going to shit your pants. Okay. So the guy goes up to the second, I think it was the second or third story of an apartment. This dude told the whole story on my on my show on DLD mm-hmm. After Dark on YouTube. Yeah, and, and actually, um, it's a friend of mine, and I'm surprised I never heard the story until I heard mm-hmm. it from you and him. You know, um, a two and a half or three hour interview, you get a lot out of people. You know, it's uh, this was a, a friend of Rich's. So he he finally says, you know what? I'll I'll just bring the gun. I don't want to leave it in the car. I don't want someone to steal it. He wasn't thinking like I may need to kill somebody between now and the second floor, you know. So he grabbed it, put it in his waistband, and he ran upstairs. And um, he he went to uh, he, he knocked on the door. The door was locked. He had a key, but the keys were in the car. Car was running. He had a key. Knocked on the door, and uh, the door swung open. And in like a split second, he just felt this smash on his head. And it was uh, two assailants uh, opened. uh, They were already inside the house doing terrible things to his girlfriend. And he hadn't known about this at the time. Uh, They smashed a full bottle of wine over his head and almost completely concussed and knocked him out. Uh, But he was still standing he had like the big white flash he was soaking wet he thought he was bleeding he didn't even know what it was but when he kind of came to in a split second and opened up his eyes he saw two black dudes in his girlfriend's apartment so with like his if he were to even be tapped on the jaw one more time at this point he would have been out like he was so close to being knocked out but with like the little bit of energy and focus that he had in that moment, he grabbed his, unfortunately it was a 40 Smith and Wesson, but he grabbed his handgun and he shot the first one that smashed the wine bottle over his head right in the sternum. And I'll take his quotes. Um, 
he said when I shot the first one in the sternum, he dropped like a sack of shit. Um, and then the second dude was just frozen standing there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he shot the second one directly in the sternum and the dude dropped like a sack of shit. Now what he found beyond that, when he walked over their bodies and, uh, found that they were doing terrible things to his girlfriend. Um, and we don't need to go any more after that because more terrible things happened in their life after that because of the event. Um, but, uh, he did save his girlfriend's life at that time. He saved his own life because for a moment there, they were trying to knock the dude out and bring him in, but they didn't know that he was armed and he saved both of their lives. Now, um, I won't get into any other specific detail, but I'll share only what he shared on the show that, um, he is still alive. Uh, the girlfriend that went through the event is no longer alive. Um, yeah, sometimes you don't fully recover from events like that. You don't. Uh, it's uh, really sad. That's why I think rapists should uh, get the same uh, vaccine as pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> Nine millimeter, one fifteen grain. Nah, I, I'm gonna go with twenty four grain myself. Yeah, twelve gauge, double buck shot. No, 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 dude. You don't want to do that. You want to shoot him in the gut and just lock him in a room. Yeah. So, you do that. And then what happens is they don't die right away. It takes them hours to bleed out, but they will eventually die, but it'll be very, very painful. Ooh, 12 gauge to the dick. That might work. Yeah, because, you know, it's a very painful thing, I would imagine. And uh, still going to be a very bloody thing, too. They'll they'll bleed out, you know. It's interesting, you know. Cigar cutter around there, just. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, it's a terrible situation, but a real situation that happened in real life. And I promise you, he was not expecting that. His girlfriend was not expecting that. And uh, it it changed their lives dramatically, which is a combination of dramatically and uh, whatever. You get it. Um, Yeah. any other stories you guys want to hit? Uh, no, it's just that there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of self defense stories out there, and there is a lot more that we don't hear about every day. Oh yeah, the anti gun side tries to push this narrative that the good guy with a gun is a myth. myth. Yeah, right. Which it's not. It is definitely not. There's uh, look up the Gary Kleck study, for example. There's tons of data out there that disproves their fact, but they're never going to admit that at all. They will always stand by that there's no evidence of a good guy with a gun actually working. And I can tell you right now, I can name one that's very, very close to me. That's working. And if it wasn't for a good guy with a gun, who knows? I might not be doing the podcast with you right now. Yeah. Back in the day. And so that hit that hits home for me because 
if that guy was going to break in with my mom and my sisters and me, mm-hmm. I don't think he was going to leave anyone behind to tell Testify. tell on him. To te- well, you know what? Let's say let's say that he did. Let's just say the best case scenario was that he did something terrible and your mom wasn't there and no one knew about you and your two young sisters for days and days and days. This was not a very highly populated area back no, then. No, we live it was a farm. Yeah. No it was a farm. Uh, and now it's Fairfax City, which is yeah. it's definitely not a farm anymore, but back in 77 it was a farm. Yeah, I mean it, it, a child that's under a year old could literally die within a matter of days. You know? So I mean that there is no other good way that could have worked out it worked out the best way it could and that's why my mom has never had any issues sleeping or anything like that or had any regrets yeah and the reason why she chased him down is because hey he could have came back but she was going to make sure that he was never going to come back yeah and guess what he never came back (laughs) yep or never did that to anyone else's house either there was another um there's another thing I wanted to pull up here. I don't I don't have it, but um someone had made an excellent point. Um some mom's demand action troll was like uh I'm volunteering for mom's demand action. I just want to thank so and so for this incredibly gay bill uh that we're pushing through. And um someone had dropped some knowledge and they had said, Okay, so less than two percent of all fire of all deaths um whether or not they include a firearm um uh are rifles used right um which i know that that's weird to say because whether or not it includes a firearm is an important thing but whatever um less than two percent of them um a rifle is used and he said so uh taking your stats and looking at them accurately out of 40 million rifles 99.9999926 99.9999926 of them were not used <laughs> in in uh you know the 306 or 320 murders or whatever it was just like man what a beautiful way of looking at the the actual positive of this we're talking yeah, 40 so million typically rifles. long guns all long guns so that's bolt action guns that's ar-15s that's shotguns is yeah. typically less than 400 deaths a year. Yeah. Now you gotta also understand that 60% of firearm deaths every year are suicide. suicide. Now I don't know. It's a little more complex to off yourself or self delete with a long gun, but it's possible. Absolutely. But look at it this way: Do you know how many people die on average of accidentally getting wrapped up in bed sheets? Oh, uh, a lot. Like 900. Yeah. Which is over twice as many people who die from long guns of any type, any situation. Yeah, not just AR-15s. Shotguns, everything. Hunting rifles, accidental hunting deaths and everything. So bed sheets are more lethal than AR-15s is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, Yeah, by the actual statistics, yes. More people die from getting wrapped up in their bed sheets. They're 100% more deadly. Swimming pools are more lethal to kids than firearms. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I always hear this, like, the number one leading cause of death, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, between 1 and 19. Well, let's eliminate 18 to 19. Then that's not. Let's go down to zero, you know, from birth to 18. That's not. Let's go from zero to 18. That's not. Now, when you eliminate uh, gun deaths between 16 and 19, I mean, if you only get up to 16, you eliminate 17, 18, 19. It's not, gun deaths are not even in the top 10. Yeah. And then if you do this and you eliminate gang violence from those mm -hmm. fine, upstanding young kids that are 18, 17, 18, 19, mm -hmm. then you once again drop down and it's no longer the case. So they use Pacific language in the, in the highly Pacific age ranges to try to get the result that they want it's right. what and this is how they say the let's just to add this this is how they say and and they can confidently stand up and and say this publicly on news on you know these uh senate hearings and all the shit they say for young adults they never specify it for young adults um mass shootings are the number one leading cause of death and we need to be able to all all of us need to be able to stand up and say no that is untrue here's a little bit of a dash of the truth for your bitch ass sorry john yeah exactly i mean i 100 agree i i definitely agree with you 100 there's an old saying that there's lives damn lives and statistics mm -hmm. i was going to use that line and and that's mm -hmm. what they use Lies, damn lies, and statistics. It reminds me of a story. Oh, like about I guess about two years ago, I did a story on a statistic that Moms Demand Action put out. So I contacted Moms Demand Action, and Moms Demand Action said, "Oh, we got that from the Brady campaign." The Brady campaign said, "Oh, we got that from Every Town." Every Town said, "Oh, we got that from Giffords." I went to Giffords, and they said, "Oh, we got that from Moms Demand Action." Mm-hmm. So this thing was totally made up and no one knew exactly where it came from because I don't think it came from anywhere. Yeah, that shit was absolutely made up. They, I mean, they're constantly, if they didn't have lies, and this is the only, like, I think simplicity is the highest level of sophistication. They don't have the truth behind them, so they can only use lies. Yeah, I did a story about uh, somebody was claiming that 50% of the gun stores would be shut down if it wasn't for a cartel uh, activity. And what? yeah, so I did, did some research. I found the study. The study never claimed that. It said that 50% of gun stores are dependent on the U.S. border. But what they didn't specify is that there's a bunch of numbers made up in that study anyway. And I took apart that study quite evidently. Um, I mean, it, it, quite, it was taken apart. Um, and the senator deleted his post and everything else like that. But... Uh, yeah, the border they leave open, by the way. Yeah, but uh, looking at it, they're like, oh, this includes everyone that lives in a border state, uh, immigrants who get firearms, DHS... Every law enforcement in border states. What? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really really ridiculous. Uh, legal imports in any ports in any I mean, legal exports in any export that crosses 
crosses uh, the Mexican border, like if it was being shipped off to South America or anything else like that, and government sales to military. So basically wow. every stinking sale. Yeah, basically it was every stinking sale. And also it, it also was... Uh, they also included a bunch of other estimates where they estimated numbers, like they estimated the sales of gun stores. You mean they and, imagined? Well, they used like, well, you know, this is how much gas stations make, so this is how much a gun store makes. What? Yeah, dude. Uh, it, I'll bring. Let me. I'll bring up the article here so I can uh, tell you because it was definitely. Uh, That's pretty nuts, so interesting and uh it, it was just like megan kelly saying you know oh back in 2020 there was a uh, wait, 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 wait in 2004 what have like one in five ar-15s sold one in five guns were ar-15s and sold today that number has risen to 20 percent of all guns sold yeah, like it's the same thing. It's like, what are you like? Kind of math and Imagine if you knew about the ones that we built, bitch. <laughs> JK, sorry. Yeah, okay, here it is. Okay, we approximate low end margins by averaging those of gas stations and food and beverage stores. We do. We derived mid-range estimates by averaging the profit margins of hardware stores, electronic stores, and general stores. We took the 7% figure as representing the high-end estimate. So the high-end estimate, there's a profit margins. They didn't even give like where they got it from. They just like 7%. Dude, I know gun shops that are highly successful that are averaging like $50 on a firearm transaction. Yeah, so they just made up a bunch of crap, and I'm not really sure why they thought that mattered. Yeah. And, and it's it's really ridiculous. Um, I know. I would like to say that, like, I keep my local gun shops, um, you know, in business, just me personally. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I'll say this. For all you guys out there, if you have, like, uh, in the area that, uh, that John lives, where I, I'm not too far from, you guys know that, there are um, two really, really big and notable places for training, shooting ranges that are gun shops. They sell ammo and all that stuff and gear, a lot of great gear. Um, and I'm members of both of them. John yeah, also yeah. is members of both of them. It, it, it's so important. And we b both patronize both places, right? Because mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we keep those things funded and we contribute what we can are you know 35 and 45 bucks a month here to, to each place because having those places funding those places in your local area is going to keep your area as gun friendly as possible and it's important that you guys wherever you're at if you have shooting ranges become a member right it's easy to to stay in the in the mindset of like well i want to save as much money as i want but if we don't keep funding those, you know, stores and those shooting ranges and those training opportunities, then we we may lose them. Right. We never want places like that to go out of business. The other thing is, um, man. So for Virginia, for an example, um, we have some bills uh, that, that were just proposed recently 
um, that uh, may bring a 2019 V2.0 back to the country. And Virginia is a battleground state. Like, this is where shit begins, and this is where they are going to try every single thing that they can in the country to try to push whatever bullshit they can. And y'all remember what happened in 2019 when they tried to push HB 951 and these assault weapon bills. And, you know, unless you want to see... Heavily armed people wrapped around the Capitol. Yeah, they they estimated 22,000. I'd say that's a low number. Um, Unless y'all want to see another 30,000 50 cal Brandons walking around Richmond, I would advise you guys not to pass that because this time, if it were to be passed, imagine if those people weren't friendly. Imagine if those people didn't clean up after themselves. We left the city in better condition than it was when we got there. Right. While while these other uh, type of types of groups that, uh, um, were, I don't even want to say, uh, I mean, really they were rioting, right. But while, while they're, um, getting their political ideology, you know, whatever, uh, they're picketing, rioting, looting, whatever, but, uh, we come in and if we have a political message, we come in, we send the political message and then we leave and we clean up after ourselves instead of picking up trash off the ground unless you want us to be cleaning up carcasses off the ground i would advise you all not to pass these bills i i, I want to come back to rep garcia's game robert garcia was the, was the democrat he got the information well the information originally came from the san diego the university of san diego trans uh, border institute which is a thorough founded organization um, and it was using information that was happening uh, around the same time as a certain illegal ATF operation. Was it something fast and something furious? Yes, I would say it was. Mm. And do you know who provided it to to uh, Rep Garcia? And you're there's gonna... this website, um, something land, something. It was, I no and I'll, I'll post it. But uh, it was provided, and this is the reason why I'm bringing it up, because I think Dark might have something to say on this. But it was provided by the Council on Foreign Relations to him. Hold on, what? It was for, the study was provided to him by the Council on Foreign Relations. On Foreign Relations? Yeah, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations... Uh, I'm not tracking. Do you know who the Council of Foreign Relations are? No. Really? No. Uh, I figured you would uh, know who they are. No. no. Who, who is it? Uh, some people refer to them as the New World Order. <laughs> oh. I like oh. the Bilderbergs and stuff. Okay, no, no, I had no idea. I didn't know that. So, So there's a Council of Foreign Relations that are... We'll call them elites. Um, well, yeah, they were founded by like David Rockefeller. So they're Rockefellers, Rothschilds, and you know those guys. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's funny because constantly, every single type of situation, even global situations like I don't know, COVID, 
seem to start with those types of people. There may yeah, even be it's made patents. up of former bankers, CIA directors. Yeah. Uh, David Rockefeller was one of the founding members. Yeah, no, I had no idea. That's uh, that's crazy. You will eat the bugs, people. Hey, Detective Young Kimbo, great to see you. It's so great to see like our people from YouTube over here because it, it, it means that you guys are willing to cross into another platform for us and that's super important to me so i'm grateful for all you guys okay i'm gonna i just want to read you the council on foreign relations uh board the chairman is david rubenstein who uh started the Col the carlisle group okay so rubenstein okay go ahead yeah. uh Blair efron centerview partners jamie misk who is kissinger associates you know mm. and also lehman brothers Mm. Richard Haas, uh, who was uh, the Middle East survivor to George H.W. Bush. Um, there, let's see who are some of the other good people here. Uh, Sylvia Burnwell, who was Health and Human Services president under Barack Obama. These names all sound so Algonquin. Kenneth Chenault, who was a general uh, 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 uh Caesar Condi, who is the chairman of NBC Universal. Mm. Uh, we have uh, who owns uh, NBC Universal, by the way. Oh, never mind. I know you know BlackRock and and those guys own, own James Corman, who founded Morgan Stanley. Okay. You're getting a drift here, right? I'm I'm balls deep in it. Um sorry Mark for the vivid Amber, picture. National Academy of Medicine, which includes Big Pharma. You said um oh Detective John Kimball asks, do they all have dual citizenship with Israel? No, not all of them. Lorraine Jobs, I would imagine Emerson Collective. Uh William yeah. McRaven who is a professor of national security uh, at the Lyndon B. Johnson School of Public Affairs at Austin, Texas. Janet Napolitano. Oh, jeez. Wow. Janet Napolitano. Yeah. Name <laughs> uh, sexiest Parker, woman alive. Insight Partners. I would smash AOC, though. It'd be more of like a hate fuck, though. Uh, Ruth Perrant, who is the chief financial officer of Alphabet and Google. God. Francis Townsend, who is the uh, vice executive vice president of Activision Blizzard. Look, all I'll say is that this list sounds very juicy. Yeah. Fareed Zachariah, who is the editor of large at Time Magazine. And uh, the editor of Newsweek and editor of Foreign Affairs. Mm. Yikes, man. Yeah, no, I was not hip. I didn't know that uh, there was even a, 
international affairs council i thought initially when you said this you were talking about virginia specifically no no i thought you would i thought you would know about this because all these guys are a freaking oh they're all you know eat the bugs new world order you'll own nothing and be happy oh uh, yeah I, I would eat the muzzle blast of a five five six round before I eat any bugs. I'll tell you that shit right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they and they spend tons of money. Oh, it's ungodly. Like we could not even imagine. And can I ask? Let me ask this question. Okay, did you guys realize? I know we were talking about self defense situations and stuff, right? But let's kind of get into this just for a brief moment. So, if you were to take one man and i'm not talking about military okay one non-military military aged male okay and you were to outfit them with the best plate carrier the best plates the best gun belt the best um you know like ops core helmet you know like a like a ballistic helmet uh an ar and a pistol and mags medical like everything what do you think cost would be ballpark for a whole overt full kit. Uh, you're talking about plate carrier, plates, gun belt, gun, you know. It's, it's going to be a few thousand. Are you talking about like night vision or just armor? I didn't I didn't see nods, but I'm talking like so an ops core helmet. Let's see. Rich, can you grab a calculator real quick? Uh, hold on. Where, where's my calculator? It's not up here. Got it. All right. So let's say like an ops core helmet, like a, uh, a ops core helmet, a high cut. Bucks. Uh, no, uh, no. At the high cut, uh, like the the, the SF high cut is uh, $2,039.95. Well, I know the cheapest one that you can get is like 12, 12, $1,300. That's, that's ballistic. So let's, let's go low. Let's give them some. I promise this is going somewhere. Let, let's go. Well, you can get a team Wendy for thirteen sixty one, but an ops core I don't see. Maybe that was the maybe that was the team Wendy I was looking at, but um, so let's, say, let's say fifteen hundred then. Um, I get a good deal on my team Wendy, by the way. But uh, okay, so let's say fifteen hundred. Okay? okay, so uh, shellback plate carrier. There's uh, a lot a lot better out there, but let's say like four hundred bucks for that. Okay, um, how much are like two Hescos? Hescos are expensive. Yeah, let's say twelve. Well, let's, let's go a little bit lower, but still freaking all, but still like awesome. Let's go safe line. Okay, Crumpy for ten percent off. Or John, or <laughs> John Crump, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that reminds me. By the way, for people that do want to stage uh, guns, um, I know we're on a different topic now, but uh, if you use code Dark at Stopbox, they had a buy one get one uh, deal. But if you use code DARK, uh, you get money off and uh, maybe even buy one, get one. I don't remember, but go to Stopbox. You can get a pro for uh, cheap if you use code DARK. Okay, so back to this. Okay, so five defense, uh, let's look up. Level four plates. Level four plates. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you want to get uh, 10 by 12? Yeah, let's say ten by twelves. Uh, you can get a two pack for three thirty eight. You can get two level four plates for three thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're on sale. What? 
Yeah, and you can get ten percent off by by using my code. That is actually an excellent price. Okay, because no. because I, I was okay, but okay, sorry, I'm not shopping now. Um, okay, so let's say I mean top of the line level four plates are usually more expensive than that, but now you could also get like RMAs and and uh, they also have. I mean, that's a really good deal on those. Is that from their website? Yes. Dang, three thirty eight for two ten by twelve safe safe lot safe yeah, life. Yeah, it's a really good price. Um. That's a really good price. Ceramics? Yeah. Damn. All right. We're going to take five minutes so we can all sign out and buy this. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. So, uh, man, that's a great deal. Let, let's just say 500 bucks. It, it should be like 1200 I was going to say 1200 for like two. Uh, okay. That, no, this is with, with, uh, okay, that is uh, with the, um, when you use them with the uh, soft body armor. Oh, they're level level four when they're used with their soft armor. So they're not sat, uh, standalone plates. No, they're not. These aren't standalone. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. I was going to say that's crazy. Everyone, we got almost 70 people in here. I was going to say everyone just went in. Um, Oh, it's still buy one, get one at Stopbox. Okay, guys, this uh, that's actually a really, really good deal. I would jump on it because these are great to just stash around the house. I got one upstairs, one downstairs in the kitchen, and I got, you know, stash one of these in there, and no one can get in it, but you can super quick. You know what I'm saying? All right, so, so let, let's just add a... a 500 bucks okay because they could go get level three steel plates they could go get hesco's who knows but let's just say i'm, I'm going somewhere with this i promise um and thank you by the way 80 firearms um so let's say let's add 500 bucks okay so we've got uh 1500 for the for the helmet we've got um uh what 400 for the carrier and another 500 for the uh plates okay now let's add a uh, $200 gun belt with like 300 bucks worth of shit on it. So let's add 500 bucks total. And then let's add a $200 Safari Land holster. And I would say... 29.38. Okay. And I'd say you probably have other gear on you and of course medical on, on your belt and and all that. So let's just add a miscellaneous... 300 bucks for other pouches pockets and whatever shit like general purpose shit okay 32 38 all right now let's add um let's be instead of saying two grand for a rifle let's be a little bit you know more low-key and let's say a thousand dollars for an ar with an optic and for Let's say uh, a basic Glock with a red dot. Let's let's call it a, a I don't know what do you guys think eight hundred or a thousand. Because if you get an MOS with an RMR, that's a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, that's like a thousand. Let's call it a thousand. Okay. Fifty-two thirty-eight. Detective John Kimball. All you need is a double barrel shotgun. If you shoot it up in the sky, it will scare bad people away. <laughs> yeah beautiful plus 7k thermal overlay and 13,000 on night vision db cooper 
Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, what else am I missing? Uh, pistol, rifle, uh, other shit like slings and oh, magazines. So let's add another two hundred bucks for slings, magazines. Um, you know, just random shit like that. Okay. Fifty four thirty eight. Okay, so we're at almost fifty five hundred. And you still don't have ammo. And, yeah, we still have no ammunition, no training. Okay, so we're just man. My kit is expensive as fuck. <laughs> But think about it. When Wish. did you guys you do it for two hundred bucks? That's true. You'll and look I've like a it. damn fool, but you know you'll, you'll be rolling around in airsoft gear. Um, okay, now let me back up. So we know it takes about fifty five hundred bucks to at least look tactical, not including actually firing your weapons, not including loading them with bullets, not including you know getting real life training. Okay, but. Putting somebody on the street in, in in full tactical gear would cost about fifty five hundred bucks. Okay, when did you guys during like twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one? When did you guys start seeing Antifa running around in full fucking kit? Hmm. It was it wasn't at first, right? When when during the the riot the riots from the beginning of 2020 to the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 probably the same amount of, it's probably around the same time that the bricks started showing up the the what bricks pile of bricks yeah yeah probably uh, when it looked like there was uh, outside influence right and then these dudes that were previously out there rioting for gun violence for you know uh black lives matter for whatever all all the stupid bullshit that you got any any type of leftist ideology they were out there literally rioting for okay but then one day you start to see these people showing up in full fucking kit okay so even if they were doing it to put on a show you're looking at at five grand on the cheap side, three grand to to basically do it looking like props. Okay, who would pay for all this? You know these fucking dorks at home that are not that are literally unemployed felons rolling around in full kit. And again, I don't give a fuck if felons carry guns. I think all felons should be able to have their rights. But um, my point here is, who do you think would pay for things like that? George Soros. Mm-hmm. those same types of people now here's here's a crazy thing when uh when we had a discord and um you still um, have a discord i do but when we had a different discord which had like 700 people in it that were all very very bright individuals we were doing open source investigations now during the riots of 2020 what uh god bless dugan i miss him and i love him what he did was he took a map of all the cities so took a map of the united states and took all the cities now this was not just him this was a whole shitload of people that we were all doing open source investigations on derek chauvin on george floyd and all all, all the shit going on right one of the other things that we did is uh, uh he took a map of the united states and then he literally put red dots where there were riots in every city in the united states okay then he went over and heat mapped it and 
took note where every DSA office was, which is the Democratic Socialists of America. Wouldn't you know it that every single location matched that every city that had a riot also had a location for the Democratic Socialists of America? And when you looked into it, the Democratic Socialists of America were using social media in a crazy way to push um, this uh, uh, COVID relief. At the time, it was, we will pay your mortgage or your rent if you just volunteer for us. Well, what were you volunteering for, right? You had to go through a screening interview to be approved to go out and volunteer. I would imagine that they were hiring people, essentially, for them going out and being involved in riots. And then you had all these people, the umbrella man, you had people, you know, smash, just walking around, smashing windows, just literally starting riots, throwing shit and all this. A little bit off topic. Maybe we should. I'm going to end it on this. I promise. I promise. Um, the thing is, is that I, like, I, what, what, I, what I don't want to do is like still a topic that we can do a whole show on. And I believe we can do a whole show on this. And we can, but I'm, I'm, I promise I'm, I'm bringing this to it to a head here. Okay. Um. So, all these things that were happening were funded by someone, and I think in their eyes, the only thing that is scary to dudes in full kit with guns is dudes in full kit with guns. So then you started seeing those things, and I would venture to guess that those people that were running around in full kit were probably funded by those same types of people by those elites by the type of people that you mentioned by the same people so if they're willing to go that extreme and if they're willing to do such a high level of crazy shit and throw so much money at things every single person that is the resistance needs to sit back and ask themselves what am i willing to do because one day it may be at your doorstep and it may be too late all right, well, next, uh, you know, uh, we should do that a whole show on this. The Summer of Love? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be, it'll be a good show. We can also celebrate George Floyd's third year of sobriety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should, uh, we should definitely do a show. Maybe your next episode that you do? Could be. Because I think I'm going to do civil forfeitures. That's definitely a good one. Uh, I'd like to do that. Oh, I already wrote a story while we were writing. I figured. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Um, I just, I wanted to bring up a a few of those situations. One of the... There you go. There it is. (laughs) One of the uh, most recent situations that, uh, you know, impacted a friend of mine. just so we can hit on these, um, you know, self-defense situations to remember to always keep your tools on you. Always keep your tools on you. Uh, I think it's important to have your tools physically on you, have access to your tools at your home, have access to a rifle in your car. Anything else is extra. Obviously, medical in any situation that you need a gun, you always need medical as well. So that's just my little two cents. If you want, we can go around the room and uh, we can wrap up. Okay. All right, I'll go first then. All right, uh, follow me on John Crump News, John Crump Live. Uh, I did OANN tonight, uh, One American News Network. I will post it to my Patreons and everywhere else, or you can just go watch it tomorrow on demand over at 
the OANN.com. Um, read my stuff on MLN. Buy my book, Masters of Firepower. Dark has his book. He knows what he's writing on. Yeah. Um, Rich, he knows what he's writing on, but probably haven't started. I promised I would not look into anything until at the end of this month. So hey, I, that's not fair. I just told you today what I wanted to write it on. <laughs> no, but no, but I, I promised I would not pick a topic or do any research until the end of the month. Oh wow. I'll to give you guys a little bit of head start. To the book. And uh yeah, that that's it. Vote for me at the gun. Vote game. for Crump. Vote, yeah, for, vote for Crumpy. Crump twenty twenty four. Do what so it's a book club now. You get to vote every day. So make sure you vote every day for Crump. No, yeah. it's just uh Dark and Rich wanna write books. So yeah. I challenged them. I threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Do my next book will be out in June first. I haven't even got a topic yet. I haven't done any research, so I'm giving them. Uh, Rich have have a hell of a head start. Dark has about a month head start. Kind of like how I threw out the uh, Super Dookie gauntlet. He threw out the. Uh, my my order says it's processing. It's improved. Look at that! I even got the uh, 40 millimeter green hand stop right there. Look at that, the two dimple dust cover. Just put that on Tedeschi. But I, I got to tell you what came in is the uh, paint markers so I can graffiti up my Geisley Super Duty. I, I, geez, this thing's thin. I don't know why you would you would do that, but I, I mean, it, I get. It's going to make you why. cry. That's it's not going to make me cry. It's not my rifle. This is my rifle. Do whatever you want with it. If if this wasn't forty millimeter green, DB Cooper, who's gonna write your book, Safety Harbor? I already Damn. talked to Walker, and I we already him. made that joke. I actually told Walker he's not allowed to write it. Yeah, yeah, I could picture him uh, building. Ooh. I mean, writing Ooh, it. John, Safety Harbor. So Walt gave me an idea for a book that might be better for you. For me? For you? What's that? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give the topic, but I think I was like, "Whoa!" Maybe uh, offline. I, I won't yes. write it. All right, uh, let's wrap up here, guys. Rich, go. Uh, FlyingRich.com has all of the links to my social media, but you will find me on YouTube under Flying Rich or Flying Rich Firearms or both, and on the grams of Insta, I am Flying Rich underscore official. Awesome. And I'm Dark with DLD After Dark. I run the YouTube channel, DLD After Dark. I also have an Instagram, DLD After Dark. I'm also on Twitter, DLD After Dark. I'm also on Rumble, DLD After Dark. I'm also DLD After Dark on everything. Uh, a lot of people were curious uh, after Dugan left, what does DLD stand for? Destructive Liberty Device. Suck on that. Um, I also run DLD Hardware, which is where I sell uh, gun building stuff. Uh, so uh, check it out, you know. If you're into that sort of thing. And that with that, we are out of here. So I'll see you guys next week. You are just triggered by the uncensored podcast. Be sure to come on back next time to get pissed off all over again. Be sure to send your hate mail to hate at uncensored.wtf. Ah!